Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today we'll be learning how we can continually be entering into authentic prayer. People pray for all sorts of reasons, but we can spend hours with our heads down and our hands folded, and it just may not bear much fruit. It might sound harsh, but it's true. So how can we lead prayerfully committed lives that are genuinely dedicated to seeking God's will and not simply filled with empty words or thoughts? Well, that's what Rabbi Schneider will discuss today in our new series on authentic prayer. Rabbi will explain why our prayers should be real, authentic, and full of life. Now, let's get started. I'm going to the Gospel of John, chapter number 11. I want to read a very profound statement that Jesus made. He was just about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now, he hadn't said anything yet. All he had done so far is he had communed with the Father in his heart. So there was no preceding prayer. It wasn't like Jesus had been speaking out loud in prayer. Yeshua always had an internal dialogue with the Spirit. Jesus walked continually in an internal silent dialogue with the Father. Now, when I say it was a silent dialogue, I don't mean that there were no words or emotions or feelings being expressed between Yeshua and the Father. What I mean was it wasn't out loud with his lips. It was going on deep in his soul. So he walked in a continual state of fellowship. So once again, getting back to the text, John eleven forty one, 41, Jesus said this, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it so that they might believe that you sent me. What's going on here? Jesus is saying, Father, I'm speaking out loud to you now with my audible voice, with my vocal cords in the natural so that everybody around me will hear that I'm talking with you. And then Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And we know the rest of the story. Lazarus, bam, rose from the dead. The point is, is that authentic prayer involves a continual internal communication with the spirit. It doesn't have to be out loud. We're praying when we're simply reaching out to God, whether it's simply in our heart, whether it's in our mind, whether it's our focus. When you're directing, we call in Hebrew, kavanah. That's the Hebrew word for your focus. When we're directing our focus toward the Lord, when we're desiring him, that's prayer. Because prayer is most simply defined as a reaching out to God. We're stripping away all the religion. We're stripping away all the pretext. We're talking about authentic prayer. Where is it founded? Where does it begin? It begins in believing there is a God. Secondly, authentic prayer takes place when we have enough faith that we believe that if we speak to him, he's gonna answer us. Now, obviously that doesn't mean that every time we ask God for something or talk to him, we're gonna hear a voice or we're gonna see something happen. 
because God's ways are not our ways. But authentic prayer happens when we believe that he is and believe that he does respond. And we keep trusting even when we don't see the response immediately. And then we're saying that authentic prayer does not have to be out loud. Whenever you're reaching out to God in your heart, in your thoughts, or out loud with your lips, that is prayer. And so that's what we just saw illustrated in John chapter 11. Before Yeshua raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. So that these people around might understand our relationship, the dialogue that we have, the communion, the relationship that we're in. I'm speaking it out loud so that they know that you answer me and we speak in continual states. And then Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. I want to encourage you to trust that God hears the most subtle inclination, the most subtle movement of your soul. He hears you always. You don't have to pray to a God that's out there somewhere. You don't have to project so loud with your vocal cords all the time thinking that the louder you are or the more eloquent your words are that'll hear you. No, know that he already hears you. The Bible says that when we have a full revelation of the Lord, we're gonna realize that he answers us before we even speak. So I want you to walk in the state of knowing. Jesus said, Father, I know that you hear me. I knew that you heard me already, but I'm saying it out loud now that these around will know that you hear me. We have to understand what Jesus meant when he said, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've already received it. Believe that you've already received it and you'll have possession of that thing that you're hungering for. It kind of is driving to the same depth. We have to know that we're already in communion with the Lord, that he already hears us. We don't have to go out there somewhere to connect with him. God is in the center of your heart right now, and he wants you to know he already hears you. You don't have to fear that he doesn't hear you. He hears you. Now I'm gonna transition. I wanna to go to Psalm number 51. We're talking about authentic prayer. This is one of the most authentic prayers in the Psalms. It's a prayer that the greatest king of Israel wrote, David Melech, King David. So we're gonna go through Psalm 51. We're gonna kind of take it apart verse by verse because it has a lot to say about what authentic prayer looks like. So David begins in Psalm 51 and he says in verse one, be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness. So the first thing that David does is he appeals to the God of grace. Do you know that Paul in the New Testament, Shaul began every one of his letters by saying, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the same one that David was appealing to when he said, be gracious to me, O God, the same one that David was appealing to in Psalm 51 is the God that Paul was in relationship with. And so what is grace? The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter two, by grace, you've been saved. What is grace? Grace is many things, but grace 
is God's undeserved love and empowerment to be accepted by him and to be in relationship with him and to know him. Grace is God's love extended to us. It involves both forgiveness and empowerment to supernaturally walk with him and know him. And so David begins by reaching out to a God that did not reward him according to his sins, but a God that he simply knew was a God of love. And so once again, be gracious to me, O God, according to your what? Your loving kindness. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi will be right back. But first, a special announcement. Join Rabbi to celebrate the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah 2023, September 15th through 17th at Lion of Judah World Outreach Center in Toledo, Ohio. Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com for more information. Make your plans to join other believers as we gather to expect, anticipate, and pray for Messiah's soon return. Services will include special Messianic Jewish worship with Siegelite music. Celebrate the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah 2023. When you give to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, it allows us to spend more time focusing on what really matters. And for us, that means getting God's Word out to as many people as possible. And right now, at this very moment, there is someone who needs to hear Rabbi's practical biblical teaching. And your financial gift is what makes that possible. To donate, go online to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now to conclude today's message, here's Rabbi Schneider. So I wanna just stamp this truth on your heart right now. Who is God? He's a God that loves you and accepts you for who you are, right where you are, regardless of who you are and where you are in your life. This is why the Bible says, we've been accepted in the book of Ephesians chapter one, in the beloved. God accepts you right where you are, whoever you are right now. If you will look to Jesus, remember that old song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full at his wonderful face. That's what we do. We turn our eyes to Jesus and the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of his wonder and grace. So David begins by having confidence in this being, in this creator that's a God of love. David was not perfect, right? He had sinned with Bathsheba, ordered the murder of Bathsheba's husband. I mean, that's pretty, how much worse does it get? but yet he still had confidence that his God loved him. And so that's a lesson for you and I. Paul said that he was the chief of sinners. Paul was out to you know, arrest and brutalize any Jew that believed in Jesus, but yet God intervened and saved him. And Paul said that the fact that God saved him, who was out there arresting Jewish believers and putting them in prison and beating them, Paul said, if he saved me, then he'll save anybody. So no Right now, I don't know what you did last night. I don't know what you did this morning. I don't know what fight you might've got in with your spouse, the words that might've been said. I don't know what addictions you might have. 
I don't know if you're an alcoholic, a drug addict, a sex addict, a television addict. I don't know where you're at, but you know what? Jesus came, and it's a trustworthy statement that Christ Jesus came to save sinners. That's you and I. You can turn to this God of love and grace right now, and if you look to him in Jesus' name, he will receive you. Come boldly before the throne of grace. And that David continues in the second part of verse one. Once again, be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. I mean, think about it. You know, a lot of the world, they consider themselves spiritual, right? They think believing in Jesus that means you're one of those dinosaur people. You're one of those, you're one of those haters if you believe in Jesus. You're one of those narrow-minded bigots if you believe that Jesus is the only way. But you know what, beloved? There's no other name under heaven by which men can be saved but the name of Jesus. 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 So David could pray, blot out my transgressions. Through Jesus' blood, it doesn't matter what you've done, your sins are forgiven. Again, I was getting back to the world today. They think that people like you and I that believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father, that somehow we're archaic, you know, that the world no longer has a place for us. But the Bible teaches that the only way for forgiveness to be granted is when blood has been shed. It's a blood atonement. That's the only way sin can be forgiven. This goes all the way back to the Hebrew Bible. Some even trace it back to Adam and Eve when God made them clothing after they sinned with animal skins that the blood of the animal had to be shed. But this goes all the way through the revelation in the Torah. Whether it's Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, where the high priest took the blood of the bull and the blood of the goat into the Holy of Holies, that was first in the tabernacle, later in the temple, and when God saw the blood there, over the Ark of the Covenant, he said, the life of the flesh is in the blood and I've given it to you on the altar for the atonement of your soul. For it's the blood by reason of its life that makes atonement. It's only through blood that we can come to God and he can blot out our sin. David understood this. And you and I, no matter what you've done, the blood of Jesus has efficacy to remove your sin. So you can be happy right now that regardless of what you've done, regardless of what guilt you're carrying, like David that had just got done sinning with Bathsheba and ordering the murder of her husband, he came to the father and he said to him, blot out my transgression in your compassion. It's okay, you're gonna be okay in Jesus. You know, think about this, you know a lot of people, I know a lot of people, they consider themselves spiritual, they consider themselves to be at a higher spiritual level than people like you and I that believe in Jesus. They believe in karma. You know, karma is an Eastern term, you know, from the Eastern religion. Most of you know what karma is, you know, like whatever you put out there is gonna come back to you. And in some of the Eastern religion, they believe that, you know, if you're good in this life, that when you come back in the next life, this is not what we believe, this is what Eastern religion believes, some of them, you'll come back in your next life as something at a more higher level. But if you're bad in this life, as a human being, you know, you might come back as a turtle or a frog or who knows. You know, it's a cool thing to think. You might've done a lot of bad things in your life, but you know what? Through the blood of Jesus, 
the karma is broken. Isn't that an awesome thing? That through the blood of Jesus, your karma is broken. That you don't have to receive back the consequence for all the evil and the sin that you've done because Jesus took your sin and my sin in his own body on the tree. He broke the karma and he delivered us from the torturing power of the enemy through whom we opened the door to him in our life because of our sin. The blood of Jesus cuts off his accusation and now we simply enter in to the crucified one, the risen one, and now we're called into a life of blessing. And so Paul introduces Jesus by saying, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, book of Ephesians chapter one, who has blessed us, not curse, not all your bad karma coming back on you. Jesus stopped it. Jesus put up a blood wall of your sin. No, Paul said, God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so once again, authentic prayer. How do we enter in? We enter in by asking the Lord to cleanse us and forgive us, knowing he's a compassionate and a loving God. So David said, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. And then David continued, verse two, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I don't know, I have a deep cry in my heart for the Lord to wash me and cleanse me. Prayer isn't just about asking God to do things for us. It's not just asking him to bless us with some type of prosperity blessing, you know? God's a good God, he blesses us with great gifts, but that's not, that's not all there is to this by any stretch of the imagination. Prayer begins with repentance. Repentance means that we recognize our sins. So David says in the next verse, for I know my transgressions. Listen again, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Remember John the Baptist's first words? Repent, he said, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What were Jesus's first words? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We believe God's a loving God. We believe that he's a God of grace. Then we come to him, according to Psalm 51, verse one through three, confess our sin, asking him to take our sin away as David did, blotting it out. And then we say to him, Father, and wash me from the defilement that my sin has defiled me with. It's sanctification. And so, Father, we ask you today to wash us and cleanse us of our sin. We ask you to rewire our soul and our mind and our heart to bring us in to alignment with your holiness. Father, we wanna walk with you. We wanna know you and we wanna love you.
This is Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and you're listening to the straightforward and uncompromising Bible teaching of Rabbi Schneider. To learn more about this program or about our teacher, Rabbi Schneider, let me invite you to go and explore our website. You'll find us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And well, hopefully we all want to connect with God on a personal and intimate level, but that can only happen when we meet the Lord authentically as Rabbi shared today. And if you've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus, I'd like to give you the opportunity to do that right now. Our website has a unique page that's titled Find Jesus, where we have a couple of videos which explain what it means to be a follower of Jesus and how you can take that first step into your new life with the Father and His Son. You'll find it online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Just click on the white heart in the middle of the page. And when you let us know that you've joined God's family, we'll send you two free books that will help further guide you along the road to living authentically with the Father. And if you already know Jesus, but you want to support this ministry with a gift of any amount, you can do that online too. And to tell us more about that right now, here is Rabbi once again. Jesus gave his commission to his church, go from Jerusalem to Samaria, even to the uttermost parts of the earth, spreading the gospel. The Lord also told us that the gospel goes to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. I want you to know, when you support me and the ministry of discovering the Jewish Jesus in a very real way, you're fulfilling this command. You're supporting me that the Lord has raised up as a Jewish believer to preach the gospel through television in Jerusalem, even from their beloved to the uttermost parts of the earth. I want to thank you for partnering with what the Lord is doing through discovering the Jewish Jesus. And I want you to be confident that lives are being changed because of you. I want to ask you, beloved, if you sense the Holy Spirit leading you to support me and support this ministry, just be obedient. God will bless you. I love you and shalom. To give a gift of any amount right now, go online to discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call us at 800-777-7835. You can also send your donation through the mail when you write to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan 49228. As a token of our appreciation for your support, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month that's available as a digital download along with our engaging and insightful newsletter that's prepared each month especially for you. And you know the newsletter has all sorts of ministry updates including details about Rabbi's latest books like The Key to Answered Prayer. This book is a great companion to this series, Authentic Prayer. And if you've ever wondered what prayers move God to act, well, wonder no more. Learn more about the biblical prayers of safety, provision, deliverance, and thanksgiving. It's available right now, and you can purchase a copy online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now let's wrap up today's message on entering into authentic prayer with a special blessing. What I love about the ironic blessing is that it did not originate with man. The words actually proceeded from the very essence of God himself. The blessing comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 6. So listen to these words and receive the blessing of the Lord into your life today. Yahweh, 
Vayishmarecha Yair Yahweh Penavelecha Vichunecha Isa Yahweh Penavelecha Veasem Lecha Shalom The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us next time when Rabbi Schneider explains how you can be satisfied. Be listening Wednesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.